The bar at Hutton is, as usual, a hive of activity, as pilots, tired and thirsty after their long journey, sit down on a bar stool and dream of the day when the barman actually serves drinks. Cecil sits at the piano and tinkles. The staff eject him and point him towards cubicle three. A few weary folk empty their Hutton orbital radio mugs and walk down the corridors to Studio 5. Their long experience of just how flexible 8.13 can be as a time lets them judge exactly when they can plonk their carcasses on their familiar seats as once again, someone who's far more cheerful than he has any right to be reminds them all. <laughs> Our mics are live! Good evening, truckers, wherever you are. It's time once again for Hutton Live, as we bring you up to date with at least one version of what's been happening in the galaxy this week. I'm Rudolf Hucker, and I'm aided, abetted, and sometimes sprung from jail by the stalwarts and staunch supporters that I'm contractually obliged to call the crew. Over to my left, it's the person that I'm pleased to call Harry Balzac. Good evening, Rudolph. Next to me is the person I'm delighted to call Wilma Fingerdoo. Thank you, Harry. My companion is the person I'm overjoyed to call Norma Snockers. Hello, everyone. On my right and almost on my lap, it's Mia Harkness. Sorry about that, Norma. Flushy never complains. Last tonight, but not least, is Juan Kerr. Oh, I'm last this week, am I? Who moved the chairs around? Was it because the music stopped? Does that mean I have to read Norma's bit in the script? Let's find out. Bong Maestro, the headlines, please. Emperor's furious. Custodians aghast at Commander's conversation boop. The Engineer's Recipe for Fun. It's Burster Keaton. When I say space jump, you answer how high? I don't know. You wait all week for a war, then two come along at once. Non-stop community-led events will bring you up to speed. First this evening, it appears that one of King Hanky's clones has become a little zealous in helping to raise the status of hot coal and has, temporarily at least, taken control of Hanky's sixth fleet carrier, the Emperor's Fury, during the current event entitled The Party at the End of the Galaxy. Party folk have been arriving at the starting point all week, bringing bottles of obscure booze that they found at the back of their drinks cupboard that they picked up during a trip to the more refined parts of Orion's Belt. But when they got home, found out that unlike Centauri Megagin, it just didn't travel. And so it's been languishing there for years, 
and they might as well bring it in the hopes that someone else has brought something decent. Flight suits were piled in a heap in the back bedroom. People were practicing their small talk, but there was an uneasy feeling amongst the passengers. Things just didn't seem right. This was summed up by Commander Rampage. I've embarked upon the Emperor's Fury for your much publicised party at end of galaxy. Just what kind of show are you running here? The beer's watered down and only Tharg knows what's in those little bowls at the bar. Might be crunchy, but it weren't nuts. My backside hates me and it's all your fault. Can I also remind you about the loud bagpipe music you promised me? Really loud. It's not for me. I just know it really winds loose knockers up. But all this came too late. As if triggered by an unseen signal. All the party banners were torn down, the lights changed from multicoloured disco to stark white, then dimmed as the Emperor's fury made its mammoth jump. Only as the noise of the motors faded could the passengers hear an announcement through the speaker system over the ticking of the cooling engines. Greetings, passengers. The party's just begun, but there'll be no passing round of nibbles, no questionable music choices, and definitely no putting the keys from your spaceships in a bowl. You're here to work, so help hot coal out. Number one, get Eol Prockle Centuri out of election and infrastructure failure. Number two, win the election in Pythias. Number three, get Eol Prockle Centauri and Doriso influence between 50 and 60%. Number four, get Tier influence between 20 and 25%. Number five, stop Pythias going into retreat. And finally, six, enjoy yourself and get engineered. We understand that most of the passengers, once they sobered up, have decided to make the best of a bad job and go along with the demands of the clone in the hopes that the real King Hanky will come along and rescue them in time for just one more drink out of whatever bottle's left. Probably the WKD. Even if it's the one that you brought. And a slow dance with whoever's not paired off at the end of the evening. And talking of naughty commanders... We do note that Commander Westhorpe is in jail again, with, as of yet, no hope of parole. We will be sending him a cake with an arc cutter inside it in the post. Commanders were shocked on Saturday to become unwitting and certainly unwilling onlookers to a conversation of an intimate nature amongst a group of other commanders. Said commanders had been discussing how long hours in the pilot's chair combined with tight-fitting flight suits from Eddie Lee Wise and Sons and his daughters had restricted circulation to their extremities and left them devoid of all sensation from the waist down. The <clears throat> members of the group went on to explain in great detail how they had tried to restore feeling to the affected areas. One was currently on the parade at Hutton where he had attempted to purchase some erotic art. This resulted in his being asked to leave the charity shop and told never to return. Another tried hitting his gentleman's special area with a hammer to see if he could feel anything. After an hour, he gave up without success, saying that his arms weren't getting sore. The third tried taking performance enhancers, but since he didn't have a drink candy to help swallow them down, only ended up, only ended up with a stiff neck. It was during this discussion that Commander Vantian thought it wise to interject with a polite him and remind said commanders that they were posting in the Hutton Custodians chat group. Wanda's rose to the challenge <clears throat> and has been in touch to offer all three an evening, an evening of hedonistic pleasure, the likes of which can only be found in a grotty backwater station with inadequate plumbing, an excess of gherkins, pickled mushrooms and irradiated coffee. 
If you have been affected by any of the issues in this article, then help is available. Call 0800 Scarred for Life, where a team of counsellors is available to help. Never let it be said that engineers don't have a sense of humour. After all, look at their photographs. No one who uses a picture of themselves that looks like that can fail to understand what's funny. It does, however, appear that we have been the butt of the joke. Engineers' recipe of required ingredients such as a long wait, tartan paint, skyhooks or Don Antonacci's heart. And as we all, we have to tell you now that no such items exist. Pilots have been driven to distraction and drink by trying to get barmen to exchange a pile of gold for a left-handed screwdriver, a new bubble for a spirit level or a bucket of steam. Luckily for us, the Pilots' Federation have stepped in and insisted that all transactions are now completely serious, with no frivolous items included, and that you can indeed collect a tonne of radioactive sparks just by standing behind an asp as it takes off. This week saw the latest epic release from movie action superstar, Burr, filmed by celebrated director Rini in Cobra Vision. No stranger to action films, including epics such as Burminator and Burminator 2, Ice Station Burr and that indie classic Burr and Rini's Excellent Adventure, his latest foray into the silver screen is a tale of one man, seven bounty hunters, and an awful lot of explosions. In a twist on the classic seven samurai trope used as the basis for so many films, the director has added her own unique twist, with the seven being a dastardly and motley crew of tougher-than-hobnails bounty hunters, all out to catch the burr. Anyone expecting a return to his more cerebral recent outings like Dubur's Dream of Electric Sheep and The Hitman's Birdie Guard might be disappointed. But for a Friday night is movie night special with pizza and a few beers, this is the perfect tonic. It has guns, lots of guns and explosions. It's rumoured that Burr's contract states that he does all of his own stunts, and some of the scenes where he's being shot at by all seven of the bounty hunters at once, six with laser weapons and bizarrely one with a pop gun, there are rumours that they were using live ammunition, and that Burr channeled his inner matrix with a smattering of Reno armed and dangerous to avoid actual injury. Plaudits to the director, Rini, who directed, filmed and edited the entire piece in the style of ancient silent movies. Adding in one of the bounty hunters carrying a really large plank and turning around, taking out two of their compadres, was, in our mind, a stroke of genius and evoked feelings of Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin of old. We give the film five mugs out of five. Available to watch now at all good venues showing Galtube. For centuries, ever since humanity took their first steps off this pale blue dot so they could get a really great view down at the pale blue dot, there had been a debate about where space actually is. Is there a big dividing line? Everything below that isn't space, whereas everything above it is. At what point can you reliably tell your mates, your mum and everyone down the pub that you're a spaceman or woman? 
or astronaut or cosmonaut or whatever the term for it is in your culture. Of course, with interstellar travel being de rigueur these days for just about anyone, whether that be hopping in their own sidewinder for their first excursion, two interplanetary shuttles and even trips to see Barnard's loop aboard, just one of the many top 1% of liners out there. Since the earliest days, though, it has been a topic of debate. Clearly, airline pilots weren't in space, nor were high-altitude bomber crews. Baumgartner with his skydive spectacular? Was that space? Or just really, really, really high? What about the Branson and his Virgin? 80 kilometres, was that space? Whilst clearly, when the sky goes black during the daytime and everything below starts looking curved, at the point you can see the thin blue line of the atmosphere over the horizon, it looks like space. People like Mr Bezos and his rather phallic-looking 100-kilometre one-man-up ship will tell you that at least on Earth, space begins at the ton. Regardless of whether the fat man Megadon went further than the Virgin did, these days we have a far easier way of measuring it that works on any planet you visit. There's a little line on your heads-up display marked OC. That's Orbital Cruise. Above that line, and you're definitely a space person. Below it, <laughs> that's just flying. So, next time you jump on a geezer in an attempt to get into orbit in your spacesuit, make sure you know where your OC is before you start to plummet, as maybe, just maybe, and depending on the gravity, you might just achieve your wings without any. Just when you thought Hutton's space was peaceful enough, that it was time to trade in your Corvette for a T9 and to put your super-penetrating multi-cannons on Galway, but never being one to let the truth get in the way of good, good, good headline, we have two wars to fight. Clearly emboldened by Arf and Co's Pilots Federation livestream antics last week, legitimising piracy, the pirates of Van Marn and Star have got the cutlass firmly between their teeth. And as I speak, are swinging from the yard arms of destiny to try to take the VMS system with O'Connor City at stake. We haven't heard of anything as blatant as this since the cries of... Where has all the gin gone? After Cecil's last visit. So truckers, hot boxers particularly, get out there, exercise your thumbs and give them a poke in the eye. No, not the one with the patch, the good eye. Yes, yes, that's it. No, not there, that's just plain dirty. Oh, well, okay, if you insist. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that does look painful. Give their wooden legs dry rot and make those villainous varmints walk the space plank. Their pirate cousins in Haghole have taken heart from this, have risen in sympathy and are giving the folks at Messerschmitt City a hard time. The other war is in Bialtaka. The systems we expanded into last week, but don't worry, we aren't staying. And so, if you fancy a bit of extra extracurricular pew-pew, fight for high-ho universal commodities to see if there really is a silver lining. In AVIC, an in-depth, officially official, technically technical report confirms that some stuff is still on the blink after a week, so ship in water purifiers and power generators to relieve the infrastructure failure. 
well done to the amazing Fixit crews who, during the week, busily fettled widgets and discombobulated doodars in Y0855 0714 and LP245 10 to get everything more or less working again. At least until their budgeteering comes undone and we have to call in some proper electricians and pipe stranglers. We have only a pair of systems below 40% this week, VMS, which of course I've just mentioned, pay attention at the back there, and Barnard Star, which is still slowly recovering from multiple maladies of the recent past. A couple more systems, LP25-39 and Epsilon Indy, are hovering on 40% and could benefit from both a coating of truckerly love and blatant capitalism to lift their influence. At the top end of the system's league, the usual half-dozen overheated systems are doing their thing over 60%, but nothing daft in the 70s or 80s for a change. Meanwhile in Colonia, fleet conductor Hanky asked that truckers win the election against like dealer of Colonia in Pythias and relieve the infrastructure failure there. Priorities this week. If you want to truck something, help relieve the weak old infrastructure failure in AVIC and then boost the systems hovering around 40%. If you want to shoot something, unlike last week, you're spoilt for choice with two wars in AVIC and Biotaka and a pirate incursion in Haghole. News now from community led events around the galaxy. Links to each item will be posted in chat and will also be available on your YouTube recording. First tonight, as usual, Commander Mephisto has news from the flight deck of the Fleet Carrier Konsu as it takes pilots to the 124 waypoints of the Cannon Challenge in tritium fueled ease. He tells us, the Comfy Cannon crews made good pace, covering waypoints 49 through 55 each in a day. PTQL and Q-type anomalies were there to be admired. Farewells go to Commanders English and Bunny Ghost, who left the crews after a game of hide-and-seek around the console, blown up on their, way, on their own request by Commander Argo's packhounds. As commanders who'd not had their Pilots' Federation license for very long, they got bored with only exploring and took the Remlock ride back to the bubble. A correction for last week's report has to be made. Commander Belliger got Exploration Elite. 1. Not the basic everyone has it rank, thus double salutes were in order. Commander Yannick has an update from the Apollo 15 Anniversary Expedition, which set off from the Hind Nebula on Saturday, en route to the beautiful worlds of David and Goliath. The expedition has had a very successful launch from the Hind Nebula, with 550 commanders joining the journey, then hit the second waypoint within a day. 
We are continuing with this truly international expedition with players in the Pacific, North American and European time zones all gathering together in collaboration, in discovery and in celebration of what we achieve and that our ancestors of Apollo 15. As you heard earlier in the news, Hanky's much-heralded so-called party at the end of the galaxy got underway this week, but I think that until the rogue clone is brought to heel and they start actually having what I call a party, we'll move swiftly on to the next item. The last expedition we're covering this week, coming, from, coming up is from Sunday, is the Rook Platoon Explores the Land Down Under. Commander Nicole Dyson is our liaison to the expedition and he says, As a goodbye to the Horizons Galaxy and a hello to Odyssey, the Rook Platoon invites you to explore a land not often travelled. Join us as we travel to the Australis Ferris Wheel and the southwestern corner of the galaxy along a three-week journey. This trip will support both Horizons and Odyssey players alike and will involve some studies of exobiology for those that, who can partake in Odyssey as well as some opportunities to see some frequently missed Horizons based life bombs lost in the deep reaches of space. More details will come over the next few days as we lead up to our launch window. Finally, we've got an item of a different kind. Commander Westhorpe, the habitual jailbird, jailbird, has been chronicling the tales of a group known as the Shund. We're posting a link to the full article, but here is a precy from the man himself. Unrest in the pencil sector. An increase in traffic to the pencil sector as a result of the recent Aegis Salvation instigated Guardian Artifact Gold Rush has shone a light on the plight of the local population. The pencil sector EL-YD5 system has long acted as a base camp of sorts for expeditions deeper into the region and the controlling seven stages movement government has been happy to pay host to play host to visitors to their new growth asteroid station but increasingly vocal critics of the regime have drawn attention to a growing local populace who it is claimed have been abandoned. Stories are emerging of the systematic expulsion of individuals from society, incarceration in labour camps and denial of access to healthcare. Community leaders have appealed for assistance in the hope that independent pilots may be able to provide aid to the group unkindly labelled the Shund. Don't forget to let us know of any events that you're organising or even taking part in and we'll give them a shout out on the show. Incoming encrypted transmission. Decrypting. Decryption complete. Stand by for a message from Hexcom Actual. Okay, Haxwing, we'll keep it short and sweet this week. Tharg is back, but he could only muster enough forces to attack one system. Apparently he couldn't get enough up 
to do anything more. Oh, get it up. <laughs> I get But that's okay, Tharb. We'll take you down no matter how many or few systems you show up in. The system is Pleiades Sector PD-SB4-0. Combat pilots, there are both non-human signal sources and AX combat zones to fight in. Let's remind Tharg that wherever he pokes his mandibles, they'll get punched back to witch space. Rescue pilots, Ayesu Dock is burning and needs evacuation services. Let's get those people out of harm's way and onto the rescue ship. Remember, truckers, whether hundreds are burning across the bubble or just one far out in the Pleiades, we're here to protect the innocent lives on those stations. Watch your six, keep your eyes on the signal sources, and defend the mug. Hexcom message complete. Defend the mug. Encrypted transmission complete. And we're back in the studio. Thank you very much to the broadcast team. And thank you very much to those special guests that allowed us to <laughs> have permission to mention them and take their names in vain throughout the show. I'm joined in the studio by, well, the usual radio crew. We, we have Commander Ventura on the decks. Good evening, Mr. Munchie. I'm having my dinner, Commander Ventura. Well, well, you did, you did interrupt my dinner. So sorry. <laughs> well, not no, Normski, Normski. It's Thursday. Yes. It's after eight thirty. It's is it? And I'm, the police I'm are coming to get you now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've been off all week. I don't know. That's actually station security. They're heading to, heading to Wonders with a spare handcuff key. <laughs> that's a spaniel <laughs> with an alarm on its head yeah. running down the corridor. Um, yes, we're also joined by Commander Palantir. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. And we have an Amelia. Don't you love it when a show goes so seamlessly? It, this is this is perfect. I mean, it takes weeks, it takes years even, to craft something that sounds quite this seamless. <laughs> I'm sure it was done today. I mean, we've been practising this now for, for coming up something like six years, and we've got it absolutely, you know, you can't accidentally do it like this. Perfectly seamless. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, we have the Apology Officer. Hello. Has the shelf stayed up? The shelf stayed up so Yay! far. Currently, yes. the shelf has stayed up. Yeah, so spareheads number one, two, and three are now on a shelf in yes. the uh, the corner of the apology officer. Spare, yeah, spearhead threes get droid drop, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, but, you can't yeah. have everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we, we have Commander Chicks. Good evening. The the, the, the most, the most uh, elegant of chaps in this studio. Hmm. We were talking just the other day about. I, I, that, I did uh, wonder why he's wearing those funny cowboy trousers, but <laughs> well, he, exactly. he wouldn't explain. He could wear something else as well, of course. Uh, yes, underneath. Hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> underneath, alongside, just yes. draped over the front. Just, that, that just a pair of leather chaps, isn't you know? <laughs> you Chinese yes. cowboy boots as well. If only you'd worn some underwear under them, you know. It's, mm, well, <laughs> it's all the rage. Well, I don't want to know what's raging around <laughs> something, <laughs> something down there definitely looks angry. <laughs> I think it's winking at me. Um, yes, and of course is, we, we is have... Is he actually buck standing? Well, I wouldn't well, no, say stand. Buck would actually be naked. <laughs> this is true. 
This is true. And it's more of a buck stand up than a, yeah. yeah. I mean, what okay. I dread to think is that there, there have been two naked backsides on this chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's the only chair we let naked people on, so mm. you know, it's yeah. just, you're not polluting my chair with oh, that. Sorry, naked people and guests. Oh, sorry. Yes. Mm. Uh, 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 talking of naked people and guests, uh, Flossie's neither a guest nor a naked person. Hello, Flossie. Hello. <laughs> you're not one of the guests. You're you're you're, no, you're part I'm of the, the mainstay of this show. <laughs> Can I just say that was a dreadful segue? Oh, I know, I know. I, sometimes, sometimes I hate. Sometimes <laughs> that was the I miss. opposite of a segue. Speaking of this, here's someone who's got nothing to do with either of those things. Well, I, I just thought no one had noticed if you hadn't pointed it out. That's why I pointed it out. <laughs> Yes. Uh, anyway, we would like obviously to extend our thanks yeah. to to those guests. Speaking of pointing it out, if you <laughs> yes, look at Commander Chicks, <laughs> stop looking at me like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't help it. It's funny. <laughs> what, with, that, with, that, with that look of pity on his face, stop looking at him in that tone of voice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, talking obviously of, of our guests as well. Uh, thank you very much to uh, the Burr Pit and uh, Burr and Rini and their Cobra Vision special. Um, did has what anybody? Is- I mean, I know Palantir. You've watched it. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Uh, how else could I get the uh, screenshot for him? Yes. Uh, I giggled. I mean, I, I know it's an action epic, but I did giggle a, li- a little bit. Very, very well done. Um, I know. Um, uh, people say that with Odyssey. I mean, that's brilliant. You couldn't do that in anything else but Odyssey. I bet there's not a single program out there in the world you could do that in. Well, it's not the same sort of lining up seven SRVs and then pew-pewing an eighth <laughs> one until it falls over sideways. It's just not the same, is it? No, no, they're just watching people being blown across, the, well, burr, be, not people burr, obviously, well, yeah. being blown across the, across the, the plains over and as, over and over again. As stuntmen, as, as stuntmen go, I think, I think burr has got it down absolutely. Um, you're throwing yourself to the floor like that when people shoot at you and pretending that you're needing an ambulance and, you know. Uh, but no, has anybody else seen uh, The Good, The Bird and The Ugly? Nope. Oh, do so. We posted a link in the the Twitch chat, and when we put the uh, the show up afterwards, we'll put a link in there as well. Uh, mm-hmm. If you've got a few minutes, go and watch this epic because um, it, it's got to be seen to be believed. Well, basically, it's it's seven people pick on Burr a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, it rem- it reminds me that there's a wonderful video that you used to be able to buy, and I think now you can get copies on GalTube or something called Ready Teddy Death, where they just spend an hour destroying teddy bears, and, and this is quite similar to that one, except it's not teddy bears, it's burr. It's less than three minutes, so I'll watch it during the sports report. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, You're supposed to be paying attention to the sports report in case you yes. get mentioned. Yes. Don't no, worry, I, he isn't getting mentioned I, in the sports I, report. I, I, yes. You used anyway, to, when you I mean, this, this, this is... Aren't this is, is things an, that you don't mention in the sports report? <laughs> well, no, those are unmentionables. Um, obviously, Commander Palantir. Yep. Um, I mean, this movie is an award-winning movie now, isn't it? Oh, yes. Um, not sure which award it is, but it, it's. I think it's one that's certainly got chocolate in the middle of it when you take the wrapping well, no, off. Well, no, no, it's the other award. I mean, you were sent out with a paint pot and a stencil, that kind of. Oh award. yes, oh they these people. Oh, they, oh, there's the makers. There's the, the makers of it who who have the award. Not, yeah, not I the, mean, the, 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 they receive this in advance of the film actually being released. Well, yeah, because so, we'd seen a we'd seen a preview version, and yes, um, we, and we felt it was good enough that that we should have. Yeah. Yes. So yes. So Rini and Burr, and in that order, have been awarded the order of the Hutton decal. 
the honorary <laughs> trucker award, yes, mm-hmm. for services to shenanigans. Yay! Yay! But utter so, awesomeness. And, and utter awesomeness, yes. Um, I mean, you know, they were nominated in categories like best supporting grenade and, uh, you know. <laughs> um, best exit. Yes, followed by a burr. Mm. A oh, burr, sorry, a burr. That anyway, yeah. oh, oh, will sound much better in the edit when you when you when you ask Norman to make that sound funnier. Do you know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> these things come to me just a few seconds too late. Yeah. Oh dear. Um, no, that's no, what you did last week. Yeah. Well, well, well done to them and anybody listening to this. If you're not subscribed to the GalTube channel, then go and do it because their content is 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 excellent and incredibly entertaining, and they make quite the team, the two of them. And of course, their supporting cast of thousands plus the elephants. Um, so what else do we have? Um, I mean, just just moving down our list from the the bit that says banter, banter, banter. Uh, obviously, later we've got the Galnet News Digest. It's it's a monster this week. Is it's it still been, the full it's monster? Been it's been whittled. A little monster, or is it just That's really no big? No way to talk about. Uh, have we got spoon? a Snyder cut as well somewhere that we can put up? You know, I'm sure we. I'm sure that um, Peter will be doing that later. The the four-hour extended edition will be going up yeah, later. Yeah, the, the black and white, more moody edition. Hmm. Yep. Yes, film noir. Yep, and Flossie, you've got... Have we got some CGs this yes, week? Yes, we have, yes. Mm. And updates on the last uh, yeah. one. That was Fantastic. Apology officer, the unlikely sports. Is it exciting? Were there any close, close ties this week? Um, No. <laughs> no, no. Somebody remember. ran, somebody ran away this, with it again. You I know, it's it, Tuesday. I don't know. Stuff well, happens, yeah. you know. Stuff happens. People get awards. Listen, when I read it, it's as much a surprise to me as it is to anybody. Right. And um, Amelia. Yes. We've sent you to terrible, terrible places again. It was a bit sticky. It's definitely, definitely sticky this week. But that's not because it's warm in the studio. We've got the aircon running. <laughs> okay, yeah. um, so, so moving along... Moving along, moving along. I have Um, found an interesting sports thing. Somebody did what's possibly a record for a week's worth of distance. They did 269,000 light years. Well, that's nearly Andromeda. No, it's not. How many? It's a fifth of Andromeda. 67,000. Well, that's nearly. 269,000. Andromeda's 2 million. 2.5 million. Okay, it's 10%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ten, 10 more weeks, that's one week's work. 10 weeks, yeah, I, you're at Andromeda. If they're doing that every week, yes. I can't yeah, see somebody yeah. doing mm. that every week and not burning out, though. <laughs> no, no, or going slightly mad. Yeah. Um, so uh, mo- moving down our list of things we need to talk about this week, um, Amelia, would you like to at least mention the next one and then we'll fill in the, the gaps? So the Frontier live stream on Tuesday, Zach and Sally. Was, it, was, it, was that last? <laughs> Palantir, you put this one. Was that last... Tuesday or next Tuesday or both Tuesdays? This was two days ago. Yeah. Tuesdays. Oh, so it's all it's last one, not the next one. It is Thursday, yes. right? Yes. yes, yeah. Yeah. So Tuesday. Every week. Every week on a Tuesday. Yep. Um so yes, don't forget to tune into the Frontier live streams this time. I think they were doing some CQC, weren't they? They were later on, yeah. Yeah, yeah later later on. Which is still incredibly good fun. And then uh, Commander Chicks. We had a we had a missive, didn't we? An incoming we did, missive. We did from everybody. Stand from, salute. Yep. Stand by your beds. Um, yes, from Lord High Braben himself. An email on Monday talking about the email on foot. The shenanigans odyssey. Yes, version of the simulation. Yep. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it was the apology officer may want to come in on this one. Well, um, I mean, it, it was taken was, from the desk of the apology officer, really, wasn't it? It was, yes. Yes. Um, so basically, they, they've said, we are working very hard on this, we're listening to you, which is all good, um, but because we've been working very hard and listening to you, we might not have had as much time spent on the console version of the game. So it's unlikely to be released in the autumn, and we'll tell you when it is. Do you know, do you know, apology officer, apology officer, do you know what <laughs> I think's really not fair about that? What? When you get your hands on it, no one is going to be able to moan. <laughs> it's so not fair. Uh, quite honestly, I would play it as it is now and not complain. So that's exactly, that's exactly the question I was going to ask. Would you rather just have it now as yeah. it is yeah. or wait? Yeah, okay. And is that... I mean, you, you talk to more hotboxers than I do. Is that... No, I haven't spoken to any okay. of them this week, so... You, you, yeah. you, what about doing a quick sort of I, straw poll amongst them? Quite honestly. Well, no, I, cannot, I think the straw poll will be half of them on the enormous right, sock, I'm going to stop you both. Point. I'm going to well, stop you well, both. Fantastic. I'm going to stop you both there. All I'm going to say is... <laughs> I'm only speaking for myself, so... Yeah. No, that's fine, that's fine. So the good news is there will be another update. Um, Pilots Federation are looking at new features and content and the Azimuth saga, which I think, are we at the end of Chapter 2, start of Chapter 3 of that, um, will continue as planned. Well, was... we're, we're going to find out a bit more from from yeah. uh, the Galnet yeah. News Digest later about, or maybe about Azimuth stuff. I mean, it, it tends to be the thing that's in the news at the moment. But look, you know, um, the, the Pilots Federation sent out a big email. They've been straight with everybody. Here's what we're up to. Fair play for doing it. And yeah. whatever you need from Hutton, we're here. And strength <laughs> to your arm, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. And then we had our regular slot of sort of commander creations. There were some uh, quite, quite good ones, actually. Um, somebody did a, a 3D printed Coriolis station with interior. Um some postcards, lots of stellar screenshots. The, one of the things I really liked was uh, Lego. Um, there's, a, there's, oh, a, there's somebody yes. called The Real Beef 1213 who builds Lego ships at, at Ships of the Game and posts the instructions on all the bits you need and how to build them. Um, and he posts them, I think, on Reddit. Um, there's, a, there's a link of his Twitter account here, if somebody can post that in the chat, and then if you click on that, it, it gives you a whole list of stuff to go and look at in Reddit. So has, any, well, has anybody anybody here ever made a Lego ship of a... Well, not, not here, but um, we do know, obviously, Commander Claire Helen, mm. regularly. Um, Commander Claire Helen um, makes the little Lego people, and mm. I know that Commander Claire Helen was, I think, given one of the Lego SRVs made by one of the donors to the last ECM event. I'm afraid you remember that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and obviously one of those was given away as an award, the um, the Lego um, the SRV. So, I don't know, was it 150th the size or something ridiculous? Don't recall. Yeah. I, got I a... seem to remember Zulu Romeo was, was quite keen on making Lego ships as well. He's... Mm. I think he won a competition one year, didn't he? I, doesn't he make the Lego mini sc mini scale ones where you sort of sit your Lego man on top of them, or am I dreaming that? You you yeah you might you might be on medication, there, David. <laughs> oh, right. I, I, I know made, it's possible. Uh, oh, go on then. I, I was going to say I made a, a Lego anaconda. Um, oh, of the Millennium Falcon one. Yeah, that one. Uh, that's that's pretty good, but um, it needs a lot of space. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Yeah. Um, now is that eighty kilometer or hundred kilometer space? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. Right, an entire just... shelf it, it sits on. Well, if it's a shelf that the apology officers put up, then I'm sure it definitely won't Last fall to the ground and go smashing. Has it hasn't yes. fallen down yet? Nope. No, not yet. <laughs> Is there one out there for a Type 9? Well, if you click on the link in the... I'll tell you what. Before the end of the show, I will find out. Ooh. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure we can share the, the link somewhere, if we haven't already, um, as, as to the Real Beef 1213's uh, super special Twitter feed about making Lego ships. Um, does, before we move along to the next bit of the show, does anybody have anything else we want to cover? Commander Beetlejude. I, I have the, I have the, Commander Beetlejude read the David Braven's post and we broadcast it on Tuesday in live radio. Oh yes, I, I heard that. that one. Oh, but by the way, so yes, if you want to catch up on Commander Beetlejude reading the post out loud... And obviously, don't forget, we have a sister station. Do do go and listen to this week's episode of Lame Radio. Um, and give them a thumbs up, because they're all lovely. They're a bit so more serious than us, though. Well, no, we, I, um, I how long you. is that one? Well, no, Every, it's, a bit, it's, a bit, it's a bit serious. Everyone's more serious yeah. than us. Yeah, okay. it's, it's a bit serious for us. I mean, it hasn't got enough you know, rude words in it and innuendos and, and things. Okay. But we can post a link up to it, and obviously to the live radio show. Uh, No problem at all. Um, Hey, after we've done the ends of the show thing, we can always play it after the end of the show as well. You know, when we when we when we hand over as your your closing thing, if you really want to, or yes, we'll put a link up to Lave Radio. It's it's a very Lave Radio kind of serious thing analysis. Scratchy chin, furrow between the brows. Anyway, um, but. Other than that, we've just been sort of trucking around the place and, I don't know, one or two people may have been posting on the forums recently and getting themselves into a sticky situation. That definitely wasn't me. Um, (laughs) Much. Um, Other than that, uh, Flossie, I mean, are you ready? Everybody else ready for the next bit of the Uh, show? uh, Yeah. Always. In which case, I'm going to hand over to Commander Palantir. Commander Palantir, please do introduce the next bit. I will do that. Time to sit back now. I feel ourselves growing smarter by some kind of osmosis, I suppose, as we listen to the outpourings of Commander Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. In this week's episode, we can assure you that any resemblance of voices to the other members of the radio crew is entirely coincidental. Galnet News Special, 15th of July, 3307. Since the end of October last year, a number of historic sites and several old vehicles have been discovered. They've cast a light on some of the earliest contacts between humanity and the other two sentient civilizations that we know about, the Thargoids and the Guardians, and also on early attempts to harness the power of the technology of these ancient and mysterious races. The story involves two competing pharmaceutical companies, Azimuth Biochemicals and Pharmasapien, and what they uncovered nearly 200 years ago, information that, to the best of our current knowledge, was lost with those who discovered it. But it seems that we might have much more to discover.
On the 8th of April, 3307, more than five months after its unexpected return to the Chukchan system, a previously inert beacon on the megaship Adamaster started broadcasting an encrypted message, believed to be relayed from its sister ship, the Hesperus, which went missing just a few years after the Adamaster, urged on by a mysterious scientist calling themselves Salvation who made dramatic promises about saving humanity and, more importantly, provides a decryption key for the message coming in from the beacon. Commanders found three more beacons that eventually led them to the wrecked Hesperus megaship. Located in the asteroid belt around the second star in the Perseus Dart region, KC-V, C2-2, the Hesperus was in the process of being dismantled for scrap and information by the Scrivener's clan and their space dredger. The Warglass Detective Agency provided some useful background. The Scrivener's clan was originally a fleet of research vessels for a long-forgotten academic consortium. Over centuries, they became a self-sufficient society, constantly acquiring material and information. They're not aggressive, but do shun outsiders and jealously guard their knowledge core. I'm fascinated by mentions of research sergeants and lecture generals, suggesting their culture is a, a merger of scholastic and military. With the Hesperus claimed as salvage by the Scriveners and its drives all stripped, all chance of learning more was lost. Luckily, Four encoded data files have resisted upload, and a gap in the dredger's antiquated firewalls allowed pilots to hack them. Those encrypted data files described the fate that befell the Azimuth Biochemicals crew, indicating that Azimuth and their rival Farmer Sapien were actively seeking contact with alien civilizations following the earlier events surrounding the Adamaster, and stating clearly that a number of the scientists in the crew had escaped the Hesperus and would continue the search for alien technology in the vicinity of the Hesperus. Salvation contacted commanders who visited the site, offering them a lucrative contract to deliver whatever logs they could from the Hesperus, a message later reinforced by Patience Middleton, a representative of Taurus Mining Ventures. Salvation has authorised us to offer 2 million credits or 10 units of void opals for delivering the Hesperus's logs. This contract ends on the 21st of May 3307, after which payments will not be available. We have been asked to relay the message below. This is salvation. I call myself this as I cannot yet reveal my identity, but my scientific breakthroughs will literally save all of humanity. The Adamaster and the Hesperus were just the beginning, as I have always known. For my intrepid agents, there will be further work to come. Meanwhile, Aegis Research, oblivious to the work Salvation had been doing, started work on a research programme to develop new anti-Thorgoid weaponry by analysing Guardian technology. Professor Albert Tesro explained. At the Galactic Summit, Aegis agreed to undertake a fresh analysis of Guardian technology. The hope is that this will lead to the development of more effective defences against the Thargoids. 
we therefore require new samples to compare with Ramtar's groundbreaking work on this mysterious species. If we can gain new insights into Guardian technology from these samples, then funding and resources for our work may continue. The initiative was overwhelmingly successful, leaving Aegis's megaship, the Alexandria, stuffed full of valuable Guardian artefacts. Rather than immediately shift the megaship from its vulnerable location in Delphi, in the Pleiades, Aegis lost valuable time in bureaucratic meanderings, and for the time being, the Alexandria stayed put. It seems likely that it was the provocative presence of the Alexandria with its cargo of Guardian technology that provoked the Thargoids to their next major attack on starports following the New Year's Eve attack on the 13th of May. With burning starports all around, the Alexandria jumped to HIP 16538, heading for Sol. It was pursued by enough Thargoids to attract the attention of the Federal authorities who banned the megaship from entering Sol or any other federal system. Captain Jacob Morales, the commanding officer of the Alexandria, described how he had replotted his ship's route. On Thursday, we will make a hyperspace jump to the HIP 30944 system. Since this has a small population, the risk of casualties will be low if the Thargoids continue to pursue us. Once there, we will arrange to offload our cargo and distribute it to multiple locations. Not entirely unexpectedly, the megaship Alexandria vanished while attempting this jump. Admiral Aidan Tanner of Aegis seemed willing to accept the loss without making any great effort to locate the missing ship. We regret to announce a complete loss of contact with the Alexandria. Although there is no evidence of damage or destruction... Its disappearance while travelling through hyperspace raises the possibility that it was intercepted en route by Thargoid forces. Captain Jacob Morales and over 4,000 crew members will be listed as missing, presumed dead. In addition to this great tragedy, Aegis's research programme into Guardian technology has been severely impacted by the loss of many precious artefacts. Having analysed the logs returned to Taurus Mining Ventures, on the 11th of June, Salvation for a third time requested the help of commanders. By finding a string of navigation beacons, he believed that the survivors from the Hesperus could be found. Commander Tyler Torson described being contacted. I was taking some sightseers on a trip round the Hesperus and getting as close as I dared to the Scrivener's Clan Dredger. I scanned the Taurus beacon for them and suddenly received a direct message from this salvation guy. He asked me to track down some old signal beacons, which are listening posts configured to retransmit long-range comms. Apparently, these could help locate the survivors from the megaship. But the Hesperus is ancient history. Surely there can't be anything or anyone left to find. But it turns out that there was more to find. Just two days later, the Proteus Anaconda, a tender to the megaship Hesperus, was discovered on planet Trapezium Sector YU-XC1-2-1A. It had been rigged up with a laboratory and communications equipment, and some serious science had clearly been done at the site. 
And what an amazing sight it was. Two abandoned guardian structures and the wreckage of several Thargoid ships marking the location of an ancient battle between aliens, the first and so far only evidence of both alien species on the same planet. The information left behind at the Proteus Anaconda made it clear that the scientists had been working on developing weaponry using the guardian technology they had recovered from the ruins. They had, unfortunately, killed themselves in the process. After learning about this new find, Aegis, still smarting from the loss of the Alexandria, and Salvation, working through Taurus Mining Ventures, both put out an appeal for the Guardian technology that could be salvaged from the ancient sites. The vast majority of commanders chose to support Salvation over Aegis, with Aegis's Archimedes megaship unlikely to attract the level of attention from Thargoids that the Alexandria received. Salvation's megaship, Glorious Prospect, was loaded full of Guardian technology, and a special Guardian shard cannon was distributed as a reward to those that helped. Aegis, possibly acting in spite, had these rewards declared hot, and the Pilots' Federation warned commanders that Salvation was an unknown quantity and that undertaking work for a possibly illegal organisation could have consequences. On the 9th of July the Scrivener's Clan Dredger, which had been busily stripping the Hesperus of anything of value, suddenly vanished. The Wallglass Investigations Agency speculated why this might be. When the Scriveners laid claim to the Hesperus, I expected only a, a cloud of fragments would remain, but their salvage operation has been prematurely abandoned. After stripping the megaship's innards and leaving behind... A mostly intact hull. But why have they done this? Well, perhaps because this particular dredger clan avoids outsiders. Alternatively, the Scriveners detected richer pickings elsewhere, either fresh resources for the dredger to consume, or new information for their knowledge core. In theory, they could still be tracked down, as their vessel's hyperdrive has a similar range to modern-day fleet carriers. It seems highly likely that wherever the Scriveners have gone to, wherever they might be, in a 500-light-year radius from the Hesperus, in Perseus' dark region KC-V, C2-2, is where we can find the next part of the 200-year-old story of Azimuth and Farmer Sapien and quite possibly discover new secrets about the Thargoids and the Guardians, and help to develop those new anti-Thargoid weapons that Aegis and Salvation seem so keen on. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Weatherspoon. Always a pleasure, never a chore. And now, as if I thought that smile on my face couldn't get any wider, it's time for Flossie with the CG News. Hello, it's Flossie here with this week's CG News. 
First of all, last week's CGs support or, and or protect the Kumo Cruise Initiative. Both finished barely past Tier 1, enabling Helix to be stocked at up to 10% of anarchy-controlled industrial markets. And this week's new CGs support Verity Dexter to secure or Coyote Tau to exclude an MLA representation. Rival candidates have requested deliveries of data to help secure their bids to lead the Marlinist consulate. The Marlinist colonies are voting for who will be elected as their prime consul. This influential role will diplomatically represent all Marlinists and make broad decisions on their behalf. The first candidate is Verity Dexter from the Marlinism Reformation Party, which is acting as the NMLA political wing. She has the support of Senator Larkan Scordato to be made an imperial patron. Iron in a unique position to fully provide our people with a voice in the Imperial Senate and to speak for Neo-Marlinists. As Prime Consul, I will negotiate a permanent peace with the NMLA. The second candidate, Keo Tau of the Free Marlinist Movement, is focused on sustaining the Marlinist colonies. Neo-Marlinism and terrorism have no place within our, within our Republican ideals. I will strive to keep our systems independent and to protect the rights of peaceful Marlinists everywhere. In order to support Verity Dexter and secure NMLA representation, she has requested deliveries of anomalous book scan data and unusual cryptid files to Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system. In order to support K.O. Tau and exclude NMLA representation, he has requested deliveries of anomalous bulk scan data and unusual encrypted files to Tillman Point in the Hyades Sector RO-PB6-6 system. The Alliance, Empire and Federation have recognised the Marlinist Consulate as an ambassadorial body and agreed that the election of its Prime Consul is a strictly internal matter. The initiative begins on 15th of July and will run for one week. If a final target is earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. Should both initiatives be completed to the same tier, the one with the highest contribution will be designated the victor. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in anomalous book scan data and unusual encrypted files to either Stillman Hub in the HIP 22550 system or Tillman Point in the Hyades Sector ROZ-PB6-6 system. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Well, thank you, Flossie. Here's hoping that this week's CGs get to higher tiers. And now, someone who needs no help reaching higher tiers, mainly because she brings a little set of steps with her wherever she goes, it's over to the Sports Report with the Apology Officer. Apology Officer. 
welcome to this week's Hutton Sports Report. Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free packet of fig rolls, because no bugger in the office will eat them. This week we have the following events. The Odyssey release is taking longer than expected on Xbox, should be ready by the 3350s, Endurance Special. The Buying Up All the Engineered Plasma Weapons to Sell Them On for Stupid Money, Cup. The new... Nighttime suit release for Ginger Commanders Special Award. The Plasma Shotgun to the Face Tournament of Tournaments Tournament. The You Can Throw Landmines Like Frisbees in Low G Open Second Round. The One More Complaint and You're All Going to a Combat Zone Challenge. So, Plasma Rifles Go in Slot 1, Engineers Alive and Always Cycle the Atmosphere Before Entering a Burning Building. The classified results are... Ouster Angel, 269. The Shriek, 54. Old Ed, 65. Nordic Lion, 57. Mindwipe, 490. Montgomery Python, 374.5. Attic 2, 262. ED Recluse, 85. Protomaniac, 172. Aiden, 32. Space Oddity, 67. 191. Tow Truck, 134. South Britain Loose Ball Society, 2. Venice Plumbing by Mario Brothers, 3. Mario Brothers get to keep the football. A spokesman said, We are attacking the football home. Grazie mille. Ciao! Queen of the South, 2. Montrose, 2. Caledonian Braves, 1. Civil Service Strollers, 3. Hutton Academicals, 2. Wolf 25 Juniors, 2. Sparta Sol, 1. Hazel Hazelonians, 2. Decals for Protomaniac. Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of an engineered Guardian Sharp Cannon and a section of hull plating. Just one Hutton run again this week, this time it was by Hot Boss Commander Malice XR3 with a time of 1 hour, 24 minutes and 4 seconds. A respectable time which puts him 1 minute and 44 seconds behind the record and in 117th place overall. Are you bored? Are you questioning your life choices? Then don't. You don't follow the crowd. You're not a sheeple, not you. You're an individual, exactly like me and everybody here. Are you bored of playing 8-bit strip poker in an old BBC Micro in the hopes of seeing a pixelated nipple? Mike Snow as well knows what I'm talking about there. Don't sit around moping or mopping, because we have a guy for that. Get out there and do your thing. There's a hunting decal in it for the best of you. How you ask? Well, I'll tell you how. Just go to hot.furthermug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper before going out there and doing stuff. You know, Hutton stuff. Let's face it, anything has to be better than standing around at a hostile, wearing double plainsmen and having security make double denim jokes about you as they beat you unconscious with stun buttons. Well, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mayor. I love the sports report. It's like 
playing Mornington Crescent, but with more obscure rules. Now it's time to go from the ridiculous to the sublime, as Amelia helps us to delve into another buried treasure that is the Gallnet's rarest digest. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities, so you don't have to. Let it never be said that I'm afraid of getting into a sticky situation in the pursuit of rare commodities. Many is a time that I've got stuck in and many's the time that I've come close to coming unstuck when discovering the real story behind the rare's trade routes. This week, <laughs> unsurprisingly, is no exception. I've been back to somewhere familiar to many Hutton truckers to find a rare item that's closely connected to one that's very dear to their heart. Zisi, the location of the second big Hutton convoy the only place in the galaxy that sells a glue good enough to stick a broken Hutton mug back together again. ZC Ant Grub Glue is one of the wonders of the natural world, far better at invisibly sticking things to other things than just about any synthetic glue. If you've smashed one of your maiden aunt's favourite china plates whilst partying too hard one weekend with your friends, there's nothing better than Zizi Ant Grub Glue for that invisible mend. Snap the doohickey off your watsit and need a long-lasting repair? Zizi it. A small tube of this should be part of any space adventurer's toolkit. It sets in any temperature, in any climate, doesn't matter if it's hot or cold or damp or deep space with no atmosphere. The glue cures in minutes. It is naturally occurring and is a product of the insects down on New America, the Earth-like world that is home to this fantastic product. The native ant species have a strange life cycle. Like genuine terrestrial ants, they undergo various metamorphosis stages throughout their life from the ant grubs into fully formed ants of just the right cast in ant society. It's the cocoon of the ant grub that secretes the substance that's made into the glue. The queen ant and her workers stick the grubs to the roof of their nests, harvesting the discarded cocoons and being very, very careful not to get any on your hands. You can extract the glue ready to be sold in bottles throughout the galaxy. Milky white, like children's glue, and clear varieties are possible. The white glue is extracted from discarded cocoons, whereas the clearer one from living specimens. Just do not get it on your hands. This stuff sticks like nothing else. No prizing your fingers apart. No dissolving it with some witch's tail concoction in your mum's kitchen. Knock a bottle over and you're better off just throwing that table away. or chopping off the offending body part. Needless to say, there is one substance that will dissolve the glue. And it's even rarer than the glue itself. It's secreted by the queen ant. And you can't get it from her if she's not still alive. Oh, one thing that I forgot to mention. There's a reason that the glue is so sticky. You don't 
need really sticky cocoons to stick to a standard ant's nest ceiling. You need really sticky cocoons to stick these grubs to the ceiling. They're 30 feet long. The adult ants, twice that. The queen is the size of a small aircraft carrier. If you want to enter an ant's nest the size of Manhattan, avoid thundering 60 feet ants and then casually attempt to steal the secretions of the mouth of an aircraft carrier-sized queen, well, be my guest. Or, of course, you could just not get it on your fingers in the first place. I'm Amelia Hawke, reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest, and I think I'll be sticking to Pritt Stick and good old-fashioned superglue. I've seen these ants, so you don't have to. Wow. So, the size of aircraft carriers. I know. The Queen Ants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, this is... I mean, it came from the desert. I mean, are, are you familiar with the old B-movie? Yes. Yeah? Um, I'm also familiar with the old computer game. Oh, Amiga um, original? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those were the size of tanks. Those weren't the size of aircraft carriers. I mean, no, these... it's, a, it's a bit smaller than the ones uh, down on I mean, the I mean, you know, New America as a as, as a planet is 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 quite a big Earth-like planet, but um, yeah, you wouldn't want to be going on your holiday there. I mean, you, know, you leave a jam sandwich out. Next thing you hear is thump 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 as you know, a sixty-foot <laughs> worker ant comes to. I mean, steal the whole picnic, not just the jam sandwich. And and everyone who's having the picnic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and, and most of everything around it as well. I mean, yeah. A swarm though, of these though, things. Though, though there is a market, of course, for two hundred foot tall kettles to be able to pour boiling water on them. <laughs> New horror show! <laughs> oh. Giant magnifying glass the size of the Empire State's building. Hubble telescope. <laughs> I can't believe I know you lot. You're terrible Hubble. people. You're horrible people. Oh dear. But I mean, I mean these. You know, imagine army ants the size of. You know, double-decker buses. <laughs> yeah, literally I mean, an, an army ant the size of an army. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, oh, it came from the desert. I had no idea they'd remade the film recently in 2017. They, they remade the film? Well, they, they made... Basically, it's the film of the Amiga computer game. Oh, nice. I'm going to have to look that one up. I, I mean, it's probably... I mean, it's up there with Sharknado and, you know... Oh, it's down, a bean movie. There, you mean. It yeah, comes I'll, on cassette and takes about two hours to load, but it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. um, Does it actually have giant ants in it? Because you know what these remakes are like. No, I, I think it's probably I, a Ray Harryhausen special, either that or David Attenborough wincy camera, you know? Yeah, because I saw the remake of The Italian Job, which yeah, was those, those, oh, uh, Yeah, it was full of mm. Americans and not set in Italy at all. Yeah. And there's more real meanings, like, I'm sure. More like, no, it was, um, it was new minis, which was horrendous. They're not very mini. Yeah, they banished not, that film from yeah, my memory. Thanks. Yeah, so Thank you it was like I referred to it as the job. <laughs> the jobby. <laughs> the job. Yeah, it was a jobby. But I referred to it as the job because there was nothing Italian about it. No, no. And, and I mean, bad remakes. You're talking like Get Carter, for instance, the original. Oh, that was is a phenomenal film. Um, with with the Roy Roy Budd soundtrack. And there are oh. some there are some good remakes though. 
I can imagine what, um, the Thomas Crown Affair was very good. Second time, I thought it was better than the original. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, the, the Night few Manager. Fewer gliders in it, yeah. Was the Night Manager ever made previously? Because the only version I know and I like is the the recent version. Mm. That's a John Le Carre. I can't remember if it had a previous yeah, version or not, but... That, that well, was whatever that it was, fella. Charlotte Rampling took her top off because she's done that in everything she's been in. So, <laughs> and the night yeah, well, I, I mean, the, the giant thirty-foot, sixty-foot uh, ants will do that for you as well. Snip, and that's it. Top section, yeah, top completely section gone. Removed. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, um, June. The thorax. June will be coming out. Is it this end of this mm. year or next year? So we'll see if. Ooh, third time around. They missed that uh, trick there. That should have came out last month. Yeah, the police are still after. They're going yeah, around no, looking no. after Norm. That, that aren't they? <laughs> off, he's off to Wonders with the spare handcuff key again. I'm not sure. Is that noise from a speaker on his back, or has he actually been trained to make that noise? Uh, no, he's got a speaker on his back and a big blue light and a, 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 a strap around his head. Where does they've, he? They've left uh, space for his ears to flop around. He's got a truncheon between his teeth, and he's going to yeah. do you with the truncheon. Yeah. No, no, because then he can't bite you. No, you just drop the truncheon and then, you know, on you yeah. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I suppose it, if it was electrified, it'd be a stunchion. Yeah. Yeah, one of those. They've previously prepared by running about putting a lot of wonky shelves up. <laughs> so if they hit so a wall, the shelves You are going to be sleeping tonight with half an ear open for crash and then no. spare mm. number three. Like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's on, so it's never coming down, put it that way. If it's yeah. coming down, it's bringing the wall with it. So I'll, I don't have to, I don't have to uh, listen for it, I would hear it. The fascinating com- comment from Commander Bild- Bewilderbeast in the chat that nobody can handle a positive spin on the conversation. They want a good mode. No, this is Hutton. Of course we handle a positive spin on the conversation. We spin it both ways. You, you spin both ways, do you? <laughs> and the only moaning that happens here is when we're chowing down on some of Flossie's pocket munch. No, in these trousers, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I mean, Amelia. I mean, I noticed on this particular one, you didn't get too close to the ants. I mean, no. you reported about them. Uh, yes, there's yeah. no chance in hell. Um, once you see them, you will understand why you don't want to get too close to these things. I mean, it's I not mean, the kind of thing you'd sort of take down the beach and you'd pay for children's rides on the giant ant, is it really? <laughs> <laughs> these. I mean, you could fit. Um, you could fit a bundle of people on top of one of these things. It wouldn't just be for... It's not like the size of a donkey. This is this is something that's bigger than a house. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the Queen Ant being that much larger, I mean, I'm surprised she... She doesn't really move, does she? I mean, she just sort of just sits there making millions and millions more giant truck-sized ants. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Amelia's favourite film there. What, giant truck-sized ants? Mm, that is the official title. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, like just, the, I'm just thinking I about like the size the, of my house, and uh, I, you know, I'm on the third floor here. I always like the way that they made the um, slurm in Futurama, where it slurm. was just slurm. oh, slurms Mackenzie. Yeah, no, no, no. There was actually slum. They went to the slum factory. Yeah, to see Slums Mackenzie. They went through the door. That, yeah, through the door that the Grunkalunka said you want to go through. Grunkalunka, Dunkley Do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've got the. Picture in my mind of Starship Troopers and those large beetle things that shot blue goo out their backsides into space. Yeah, Slum was, was similar, that, but she just they, they, ran a conveyor, they ran a conveyor belt of cans underneath and she went. Yes. That was a, that was a, was that a Paul Verhoeven movie, the Starship Troopers? Yes. Yes, yes. it was. 
Oh, Norm, this he's running away from that dog again. It's a spaniel, Norm. That's a different it's... dog. That's a different dog. It's the siren's not the same. That's a different dog. It's a, oh, it's it's a different one of the... siren. That's, yeah. that's, one, that's an American that, one. That might be a genuine emergency. <laughs> that's not me. Yeah, he's, he's coming no. back again. Know, the last time I heard that noise, I just pulled the power out of a base, and um, yeah, <laughs> they dropped some scavengers on me. <laughs> I just, I just found it on the BBC sound effects. <laughs> oh. Does it still talk, make talk. you twitch, David? <laughs> <laughs> twitch? No, no. Yeah. Um. Oh, I had an experience this week as well. Before we go, I had an experience. Mm. Oh, mm. No, no. With, with a pilot name, with a pilot named Greg. Hallelujah! Intervention yes. time. What? What? No, well, the, I, I mean, do we have time for that, or shall I just go away and say that's the end of the show? Bye bye. Yeah, uh, we got time. No, we got time. I'm not ten o'clock yet. Well, I, I've been, I've been okay, trying that's out. Us. Yeah. <laughs> Armadillos. Armadillos. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. I've been, I've been, I've been trying out these, um, the, these, these missions, and uh, trying to do, do some of the more interesting ones, not just a uh, turn up, rob everything, clear off again kind yeah. of missions. Um, so. You know, you go to the station. I'm in Bunsen Orbital, and they say we want loads and loads of people to go and. Please um, tell me Bunsen Orbital was on fire. Mm. Bunsen burner. I want a Bunsen burner. <laughs> Doctor Honeydew wasn't there. There oh. were lots of beakers hanging around in the bar. Yeah. Um, but I'm tush. But so so one of the factions was saying like go and go and hunt these these anarchy pirates at their. And I was thinking it's going to be a military base. So I know agricultural base. You know they grow marrows or something. You know, uh, clearly pirates need marrows, but they of have an agricultural they do. base. Yeah. yeah. And so take take the mission because it was it was it was giving some of the gear I needed to get the bigger than the bigger backpack big thing from See, a backpack. The, pi- the pirates need something to take away the taste of the the bio waste that they eat. Well, the pirate's yeah. not a pirate unless he's got his marrow with him. Yeah. Well, exactly. It's pet marrow, you pierced know. Pierced on his <laughs> shoulder. shoulder. Marrow, marrow, what a cracker! Marrow, what a cracker! Um, anyway, so you, I take the mission. It says, it says go and you know shoot some of these these pirates at their agricultural base, or in fact, it said anywhere. But the only place they had was the agricultural base. So I go to the mission tab. I click on the button, and it says nah. Computer says no. I said no. Click the button for missions. It says no. Computer says no. So I go and find the little mission, and um, it says somewhere they own so i find some of their own which is this this marrow growing factory and i fly there and i land and i realize there's a good reason that it said mission says no because they're all dead <laughs> no yeah so i turned up and there were literally there, there were pirate what, even kachansky uh, kachansky yes they're all dead dave <laughs> and what, what about peterson everybody's yeah, dead, dead dave. oh and and so i i went in Rimmer. looked at the plants is that Rimmer, were growing is Rimmer dead they're all dead. Oh. Are they all dead, Dave? They're all dead, Dave. And they were lying around. And um, the whole place was on fire. So all the buildings were on fire. Captain and all Hollister. The... Was Captain Hollister dead? Cal- Captain Hollister was dead, too. He was in the wow. command centre. And they're all dead, lying on the ground. I'm thinking, well, how, how am I supposed to do this mission? So I thought, well, I was going to have a look at like, P- these POIs, you know, these new... Um, you scan a planet and they, they turn up. And... Um, I spotted a distress call that was only sort of 50 kilometres away. So I went to this distress call, and you fly over, and there's this diamondback sitting there, and there's some dude stood outside it. I thought, well, fine. Maybe he's from the pirate faction. If I shoot him and then go and find four others, I'll complete the mission. Was, I land... Was, was Todd Hunter dead as well? Yeah, he was He was so dead. I mean, he was oh, in, in okay. bits. 
uh, a small pile on the ground and get down there and there's this this NPC called Greg and he's from the wrong faction so I, I thought well I'll give it a go go and lend him a hand whatever he wants I have no idea what this mission is and all of a sudden this vulture comes overhead and five commandos drop out of it funnily enough from the faction that I was hunting except that I've got out my maverick suit because it was just one guy and it's quite clear what happened, because Greg, the NPC, has clearly gone to their base, set fire to the whole bloody thing, murdered everybody and robbed the place. And blamed you. And then broken down. Mm-hmm. And these commandos from this pirate faction, they are they're seriously, seriously pissed off. So they land, Greg takes off across the landscape like a rabbit. And I'm left with five commandos, me and the Maverick suit. So you do the thing, and you, you run out of ammo in that one, and you run out of ammo in that one, but finally you get all of them down. One of them sneaks up behind you. You smack him in the face with the butt of the pistol till he falls down dead. You count the number of dead bodies on the floor. There were five commandos came out of the ship, and there were six dead bodies on the floor. And you realise you've just murdered Greg. Oh, no. He snuck up behind me. So the dude who put out distress call, not only had he rabbited away from me, but he then run back while I was killing everybody. And so I've turned around startled and just, yeah, unfortunately beaten, beaten him to death with the butt of my pistol. Um, mm-hmm. So all I've got to say to the NPC, Greg, is look, cheers for the scoot schematics you left lying around. And um, I've made it look really convincing that the pirates did everything. And I'm really sorry. What you should have done was shout on the commanders and go, don't worry, guys, I've taken care of it for you. <laughs> well, yeah. So, so to that poor NPC, Greg, uh, I'm sorry, mate. I didn't mean to <laughs> beat you to death. <laughs> well, he well, he can't hear you, can he? No, well, no, because nobody's ever dead. No, just right, critically okay. injured. Hmm. Yeah, mm. could know that you're, you're, you he's have only, been rendered unconscious. He's only, he's only mostly dead. Yeah. But it's when you count to five and get to six and think, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I'm now wanted in that system and can't do any more missions either. You surprise me. Ah, <laughs> oh, never mind. Anyway, so that, that was the fun I had this week. Anyway, enough of that. Um, anybody else had some fun Odyssey or otherwise or mining, Amelia? Unfortunately not, I, but, but I have a new monitor so I've been busy trying to set up my uh, VR machine to do everything else. And so, um, so how is it? Is it many pixels this way, but many pixels that way? It, it, it's uh, it's 4K. So <gasps> me, me too. Me too. And it's it's just stunning. I logged into Elite Dangerous just briefly. I've only had a chance to test it out just briefly, and oh my god, it's it's uh, it's orgasmic. It's 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 pretty good. I mean, I'm not sure it's that good, but it's it's all. Oh, it's, it's pretty nice good. Nice to know that it's been sustainably made there. No, it sounds to me like you've got the rumble filter turned on. Did, did mm. they raise your monitor in a few? I thought they were called bike kickers. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you said organic. But on the upside, it means that I'll be able to actually partake in Odyssey stuff because Odyssey doesn't work in VR. I mean, it does work. I know everyone says, oh, it does work in VR, but it really doesn't. It sucks. Well, it does up to the point you get out and then, then you have a video screen. Yeah. 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 And, and just can't control it in VR. It's stupid. Hmm. Yes, it's, it's, it's okay. I mean, there's, a, there's a streamer. Which one of the streamers is it does the... Um, he always works in VR with googly eyes on the front of his um, Oh, Malik VR. Malik VR, yeah. He, do, he does all of these. And flight assist off. Yeah. Yeah, he's a flight assist off person as well. 
Uh, Winchin Pom says, what was Greg's surname? Might have been my NPC I put in with Kickstarter. Um, it was Greg the Dead Dude. I yeah. must admit, old I'm going to have to go back. Old, dead Greg. Yes. Uh, I'm going to have to go back through my logs to find out what Greg's name actually was. Hmm. Wasn't Sausage yeah. Roll, was it? We love sausage rolls. Um, so, yeah, Amelia, uh, bring yes. a buy sale. Bring a buy sale. So it's something we are organising. Okay. Uh, um, so what we're doing is people who've been playing Odyssey have been harvesting squillions of all the stuff you need to do the engineering and the upgrades and whatever else. We haven't got a date for it yet, but what we're going to be doing is going to uh, Palantir. Quick, fill in. What's the name of the station? It's uh, Hutton's Folly. Yes. Trucker's Folly. Trucker's Folly. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Trucker's Folly over in the system. There was a blank there. Over in the... Oh, some weird Diddly system. Diddly Doodah. Diddly Doodah system. Talk that amongst one. yourselves. Yeah. Boss Lady B's system. Yes. Um, and what we're doing is going to be getting together with a bunch of other Hutton truckers um, in our SRVs. So we, we, we're going to get to the station. We're going to get out in the SRVs. We're going to drive to the bring and buy sale area. And we're going to do a big swap shop at the time. Well, so... Um, I don't have any materials yet because I, hmm. I haven't been playing Odyssey because of the whole uh, VR situation. Um, I have been playing Odyssey. Well, you, you, can, you can you can appeal to Hutton Truckers Better Nature. I mean, there are plenty that well, will no, go, I'll oh, just, I'll come have four weapon schematics. I'll come along and hang out. You know yeah. me, I, I just mm. like hanging out. And help wrangle everybody. So we're going to be we're going to be doing that. That's, in the that's, next... an, that's an inter, that's that's an avenue of which we should not be going down. <laughs> or hangouts. Yeah. I, yes. I thought that was a Google thing that got canned. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to be doing that in a few weeks. So you know, d don't ditch all that stuff because we're going to offer far better exchange rates than the barman does. Mm. Well, I've got to get some first. Yeah, but so just can go to you a few... guys now trade materials between one another? Yep. Wow! So wow. I, I did you just actually... yeah. You can you can actually trade. Well, it's That's not really trade. Cool. You drop what it on about... the floor, and then somebody picks it up, and then you drop yours on the floor. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can trade things like socially cash. distanced, <laughs> safe trading. It's in mm. the Odin system, so, uh, so you, you it's can't, the one. It's you can't whatever trade anything social like distancing safeguards they have in place there. Mm, no, so. so anything if... you can pick up from a base, you can then drop again. And other people can pick it up. So um, uh, there was a Commander Rat Catch uh, a couple of days ago. Um, I was chatting on the forums. I He needed something for one of the engineering mats. I needed something for a, a like grade 5 upgrade. So we met up. We completed a mission together. And by the way, mission sharing, awesome. We shared a mission, did the mission. At the end of it, we stood there under the ship. And he, he threw some of the ionized gas on the floor. I gave him some, I don't know, chemical plans or whatever it was. And we did a trade. And then left, and I could upgrade all my gear. So did the yes, ionized gas stay on the floor? I was going to say, didn't it, it dissipate? Does. No, mm. it's in oh. a can. Oh. Mine dissipates. Oh. It, it, I mean, it's sort of like no, one of those really it, no, large. No, it <laughs> It's like one of those really large Stella cans. You know the ones that are, that are really big. You know the tall ones. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. I suppose if you were watching Spaceballs, it would be you know Perrier. <laughs> does the gas come out of your Perrier? Well, you've seen Spaceballs. Yeah, not for many, many years. Yeah, right. Um, and I, I was hanging on there till till we ticked over to the 2200 and a bit. <laughs> Time to go. 
I know, time to go, time to go. I'm just rambling now. Um, look, it's been wonderful to have everybody on the show. Oh, it's oh. been lovely to have our listener, including, my goodness, uh, 2020, 2020 Academy Impossible, uh, oh. Aethan, Bitstorms, Bograts, Beetle Jude, Zed Hunters, Commander Raisin, Commander Chicks, Commander Root, DC Server for Small Streamers. I think that's a bot. Uh, Dusty Shoes, The Feet. We've got Feet! Um, Falco Turk, The Cloud Atlas, The... I'm not even pronouncing that one. It ends in fine. Um... Ivy Fi, Fi, um, The Prisoner, I'm not pronouncing that first one either. Um, Litho, of course, Litho's always here. Uh, there's a mere Harkness here. Mm. What are you yeah. doing in there as well as in here? And why haven't you seen Spaceballs in like forever? Because I haven't seen it in forever. I shall do it now. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll really yeah. You need to fix that. I shall do it immediately, if not sooner. MS Lenity, the MZ, MZ, 1981. Seth Riverlin, uh, Son of Wolf, uh, the Storm Poster, Tom Toms, Tom Toms is a regular, uh, VNK, uh, Verloran, Virgo Pros, and of course the Whinging Pom. So thank you very much to our listeners on Twitch. The listeners on the radio station, we can't see who you are, but we hope you loved it. Um, Commander Palantir, when's the next show? I think it would be in a week's time. What day of the week would that be? The oh, you know the oh shit. What's the what's the one that comes between Wednesday and Friday? Goes wrong just before Wednesday, the show. Wednesday and between Wednesday and Friday. Um, Friday. Oh, yeah, every, everything go wrong Thursday. That's yeah, it. That's the one. And um, what sort Thursday. of time, Amelia? Oh wait. Oh no, no, you got no. Amelia's got that one. Eight thirty, of course. Every Ish. week. Ish. Ish. That's yeah. That's PM. Yes, and um, Flossie. Yeah. Flossie. If you miss this show. Mm-hmm. And you want to know where you're going to catch up on it? Because we know one or two people missed the start. They were complaining in chat they missed the start. Where might one find this show afterwards? Uh, YouTube. Um, YouTube. Oh, YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. YouTube. Or the Hutton Media. Or the Hutton Media. Or Media. Yeah, yeah. YouTube. Or Hutton. Media. Not Hutton. But media.forthemug.com. Are we on Apple Podcasts? I think we've got podcasts yeah, too. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. There we go. I'll just yeah, sign up to podcasts. I'm just wondering if, it, if it's yes. possible to get it. Yes, using it's, your on yep. it's on iTunes. It's on iTunes. It's on all yeah. sorts of things. So, You'll find it somewhere. It's my tongue. It's my just tongue. I search want to search. Right. Night, everyone. Night, everyone. Um, apology, officer. So I was thinking you might be able to get it through your Echo Dot. How might you do that? I don't know. But what, they do would, podcasts. You... I'll try it. Not, could you? I mean, not, could could you just now. say? Could you just say really loudly? Echo play Hutton Orbital Radio. I mean, it might work. Yeah, it might work. Although it wouldn't work when you said it just there because I've got my headphones on. Ah, <laughs> I was hoping <laughs> we get an echo there. And, and I don't have one in the living room for just that sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. You can catch up on it later. There's more next week. And, of course, if you've got anything, Flossie, mm-hmm. yeah. and people want to tell Flossie about stuff that's going on so we feature it on the show, how do they get in touch? Where do they email? Uh, I took part at HuttonOrbital.com. Fantastic. Or tag us on just about anything you can find Hutton Orbital. Commander Ballantyre, if you want to take us out at the end of the show, I'm done. Okay. Well, I think we're ready to go, everybody. All it remains after all of that lovely stuff is for the lovely Amelia to utter those three words we've all been longing to hear. For the man! For the man! <laughs>
Very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. I'm Mr. Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. Greetings, Commanders. With the release of Update 5 on the 1st of July, plus a few smaller server-side updates since, and Update 6 currently in development, I wanted to take a moment of your time to talk about the next steps for Elite Dangerous. We are aware and fully accept the frustration that many of our players have had with their experience of Elite Dangerous Odyssey. The community have spoken. We have heard the feedback clearly, 
and we will act on that feedback. As you may remember in our recent development article, the significant amount of updates and development effort that's been done to fix and improve issues since the launch of Odyssey has meant work on our console release has not progressed as quickly as we'd hoped. What's more, we can see that the strides we've made through the last five major updates are positive, but we must continue on with this progress to give the experience that you and we expect on PC. With those things in mind, we spent a lot of time discussing and re-evaluating our previous plans, and we have made the decision to prioritise the core PC experience for Elite Dangerous. Ultimately, we believe it is right to focus our efforts on the core Elite Dangerous Odyssey for the platforms that we have released on before opening up to more. We know that the work that we do to improve players' experiences of Elite Dangerous Odyssey on PC will benefit other platforms in the future. But the dates and details of the console platforms are going to change. We do not want to rush into confirming any dates or changes this has on our console release, as we must remain fully focused on the core Elite experience. Only when we feel that the foundation of the PC release is solid will we be able to relay our console roadmap on top. Elite Dangerous Odyssey is an important step on a complicated journey and we must get this right before we can consider moving onto these new platforms. So what does this actually mean for Elite Dangerous and Elite Dangerous Odyssey? It means that we will see more game updates over the coming months. We will continue to work through issue tracker, fix bugs and improve performance, but we will also be able to explore and add additional features, content and improvements into the game. We will continue to give open monthly development updates where we discuss work in progress content, challenges, the issue tracker and more. We know that the previous levels of detail for the roadmap and developer update have not met expectations, but we're grateful for your patience while we shift and adjust plans in the face of such clear feedback. Please remember that our team here at Frontier are working hard to support the game and our community. Behind every bug fix, design decision and community post is a person who cares a lot about giving our players best possible experience. I would ask that everyone remains calm and respectful when sharing their thoughts and feedback. We all have the same goal and we will get there together. Please bear with us. Oh, seven commanders. Thanks, Commander Petrojut. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger?